Thank you for coming to the Bird Gang Down Under podcast. You got three hours right here where you got permission to be violent. Don't waste that opportunity. The home of the official Arizona Cardinals fan club in Australia. Get your on the run. Let's go. Let's go. Giving you the Aussie spin on all things Cardinals. Yeah, sir. Now. Let's go today. Let's go like we always do. Let's go. Here's the gang. G'day, everyone. Welcome to the Bird Gang Down Under podcast. A two-man show tonight. Maddie driving uh, the show here, pressing the buttons behind the scenes, joined by our spiritual leader, Goffy, up in New South Wales. Goffy, good evening to you. Hey, Maddie, how are you, mate? Been a... Uh... A productive week for the Cardinals, but a quiet one at the same time. It's been a funny old two week, uh, two weeks since our last podcast. Because you're right, it feels like there's been a lot happening, but at the same time, not a lot happening. We have a new GM in Monty Olsenfort, a uh, name that was uh, accurately tossed around in the last podcast, amongst some of the other ones. Um, but we, whilst we don't have a head coach yet, um, there's been a lot of movement. We somehow seem to have fallen. Uh, into first place, maybe a bit of a Stephen Bradbury when it's all said and done for Sean Payton. It's it's crazy, isn't it, mate? Like it was only what four or five days ago that people were saying, "Oh, he's out of the out of the picture. The Cardinals aren't going to get him." And then all of a sudden, he has this full day long meeting with Bidwell and Austin Fort, and pretty much from what we're taking in, the entire Cardinals organization, like he was meeting everyone, um, and. Then from that point on, everyone's kind of he's shot straight up in the, the betting market again, but then it's gone quiet again. Like we're sitting here going, "Well, what's happening?" And we've had a roller coaster ride from day to day. One day it's like Dan Quinn; it's definitely Dan Quinn. He's had his second interview; he's on the way. Uh, the next day, it's oh, it's Frank Reich. It's got to be Frank Reich. He, he's he's right in the thick of it. Uh, Brian Flores, it's definitely Brian Flores. And now, you know, yep, Sean Payton, Sean Payton. Like, it's hard to keep up with exactly where we're landing. I certainly hope, though. I think, you know, you're stupid if you don't um, want Sean Payton, uh, you know, putting aside whatever compensation turns out to be. But um, I tell you what, I must admit, I'm a little bit low-key excited, trying to keep a lid on it, at the prospect of potentially a Sean Payton, HC, and Brian Flores, uh, DC, uh, combination. I think that would uh, be. I think that would be likely uh, in some ways, and and I'm pumped at that prospect. It's juicy, isn't it? Like, um, and the the funniest thing for me is if you'd said to ninety, probably ninety five, ninety percent of Cardinals fans before this all started, who was your guy? Every, yeah, most people would have said Sean Payton, and then you're looking like all these other ones have fallen over along the way, like you mentioned, Dan Quinn and. All these other guys have fallen over along the way, but then all of a sudden we're going to end up with the guy we probably all wanted in the first place, and it's, it's going to work out perfectly. But yeah, agreeing with you, mate. A Flores and and Peyton head or head coach DC duo is is very very juicy and um, exciting for all Cardinals fans, I think. And what do you think about the longer this goes on? Because it has gone a bit quiet over the last few days since a friend of the podcast, Cam Cox, was staking out the car park in Glendale, getting all the covert footage. Um, what do you think uh, it means for whatever compensation it is the, uh, the longer that this process goes on? Do you think it works better for us the longer this goes on that we might have to cough up less to the Saints? Um, I think it's a tricky one. I, I think 
the, the outside stuff is probably what's working in our favour. There's been a lot of talk that he's out of favour in Denver. Um, so that there's not really a lot of options out there for him to go into the coaching route and then, or to get back into it, I should say. But then you're also hearing a few whispers that he doesn't want to go back to the media. It's an option for him, obviously, but there's whispers out that he doesn't want to go back there. So it, I think in terms of him coming to us, it, it's it's good signs. The delay, I I believe that it's the delays with the Saints and the and the the package. I guess that we've got to give them. But then I also think there's not really they don't really have a lot to bargain with. He's got one option. Um, and you know, if we turn around and say, well, we're not going to give you that and walk away, they miss out and then come next season, they could potentially get nothing. So like a lot of people are a little bit doom and gloom about what, what we could potentially have to give up. I don't think it's that bad. And I, I think we could get out of this quite well, to be honest. And you know, what people think is quite well, everyone's you know, obviously up to speculation, but potentially could be a second round pick and, and that could be it or one future first um, down the track. But And I think that's definitely worth it. Uh, any more than that, we'd start to question. But I, I think the longer this goes on, it's probably better for us. It's interesting to uh, have seen the coverage of uh, the Sean Payton roadshow around the country, around the other teams, uh, because we'll often you know, dunk on our front office and the culture within our club, and I think justifiably so. But, um, geez, when you hear about some of the stories uh, of how the other interviews have gone for Sean Payton, I mean, Houston Texans, it was a matter of minutes on a Zoom call. Uh, the the, Brent, the Denver Broncos, uh, apparently he was not impressed by the uh, the Walmart overlords who are part of the ownership collective there. Um, Carolina, uh, evidently, you know, wasn't super impressive either, yet he's then spent a whole day with us, uh, you know, with our owner, with our new GM, and like you said, going around the whole facility, leaving uh, with Michael Bidwell, jumping into his uh, very flush-looking car and going God knows where. Might have just been the airport, might have been to, uh, you know, Bidwell's house in the valley. Um, it, it seems as if, uh, you know, we perhaps have done a bit of a better job presenting a bit of stability, even though, yes, okay, forget what we've, uh, you know, gone through of late, but we've, uh, you know, rewriting the ship. We've got a really good operator in its GM. Here's our facilities. Here's our multi-generational owner, uh, you know, who is just, you know, the single one calling the shots. Uh, it seems like we might have put a bit of a, a good show on in terms of the uh, stability, and that's something that would have to be important for Peyton. Oh, definitely. And and I think he's made that pretty clear right from the get-go that, you know, he wants somewhere where there is ownership stability and, and you know, you're not having a bit of a rock show behind the, behind the scenes, which, you know, you mentioned Denver. Like, there's that many owners there that have got hands in the pie and people that have got hands in the pie. It, it makes things really difficult. And he made it clear right from the start that he didn't want to be a part of that kind of situation. So, um, you know, and, and in fairness, from what we, we're hearing, Denver people weren't weren't overly um, impressed with Sean Payton as well, which kind of makes you wonder. But then I think, yeah, he's probably gone in there and said, right, this is what I want. This is how I want it done, blah, 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 blah. And they, being the, the ownership group of you know so many people, losing a little bit of control, probably don't want to give that up. Whereas in in his, you know, in his wisdom, Michael Michael Bidwell's kind of said, well, you're the expert. You're the, the guy that's been around for a long time. You come in, tell me what you need and... and yeah, providing that we can make it happen, we'll do whatever we can. So um, he's got to be got to be commended, Michael Bidwell. He's certainly set out right from the get go to say that he's uh, he's going to do everything he can to get the right people in here. And everything that we've seen from him so far, um, you know, it, it's it's certainly been that way. You know, obviously 
the there was the setback of of Cunningham obviously knocking him back as the GM. He he, he said no, he didn't want the gig, and and that doesn't necessarily mean that he didn't like the organisation. It could have been something as simple as he didn't want to relocate his family to the desert. Who knows? Um, but you know, I don't think there's any doubt that we we've got a good bloke in there in uh, in Monty. Um, you know, watching his press conference, I was definitely impressed with what I heard from him, and um, definitely excited to see how he can grow this organisation. It's uh, it's always been the way Bidwell said from the very beginning that he you know wanted to get the GM in place and then he wanted to go you know on the coaching search after that and have the GM involved and it, admittedly at least earlier on up until the events of the other day where everything seemed to go so well with this interview with Peyton I, I wasn't necessarily thinking he would come on board because he was pretty upfront and that yep no I want control I want to essentially be you know GM as well uh, and you know and really you know run the whole show but getting someone like uh, Monty Austin Ford, who we'll talk a bit more about shortly, um, and, and in his background where he's come from, the um, yeah, yeah, the dynasties that he's been you know, a part of up in New England and also success in his other clubs as well, that may be enough seemingly to uh, kind of allay any uh, uh, scepticism that Sean Payton might have had in terms of wanting to really be in complete control of the club. Yeah, look, I, yeah, I was one of those people that kind of said at the start, Start, you know, if you're going to get Peyton in, get him, get him in, and let him let him take control, let him choose the GM. But I guess at the same time, Bidwell's looking long term. Um, you know, you you get Peyton in, and, and in five years' time, six years' time, he can pull the pin. Whereas if you get a GM in here now who can work with him, um, and yeah, that's the key part. They work with him. They they come in at the same time. They've both got their experiences, different experiences. Both have, um, you know good experiences in building organisations, obviously Monty from behind the scenes. But, yeah, we, we remember what Sean Payton did in, in New Orleans. You know, they were a basket case when he got there and, you know, took them to a Super Bowl, the memorable Super Bowl after um, the hurricane situation down there. He's He's got that knowledge. You bring these two guys in, they work, and providing they can work well together. And I think that's a big key about this long interview um, the other day, it's it's allowed these guys to really get in together and see whether they can work together. Um, and if that if that works, then you know it doesn't just set this organisation up for a couple of years. It potentially sets them up for you know 10, 15 years because you got a good GM um, and and a guy that knows his stuff and and can really uh, you know plan an organisation. You, you can really set yourself up for a long time. And you know. This, Monty's had a, a great grounding, as you said. We'll get to him shortly, but he's had great grounding in his his tenure to this point. And um, yeah, I, th- I think working with Sean can only improve that knowledge that he's got. It's interesting though, because of all this talk about Peyton, uh, the current odds uh, are still uh, weighted in favour of uh, Brian Flores, uh, who's uh, currently listed at minus one hundred and twenty-five in the odds. Uh, not you know, followed by uh, Sean Payton at plus one fifty, um, which is interesting that that the uh, the bookmakers are still leaning towards Brian Flores. And it seemed pretty quickly, you know, like like uh, what's, what's the like Andy from Toy Story, you know, very quickly getting rid of the old toy and bringing getting the new toy in. It's as if you know we're all like on the Brian Flores train now. All of a sudden, wait, Sean Payton's actually in play. Okay, gimme, gimme, gimme. Um, should we be discounting Brian Flores as as a head coach, and should we be disappointed? If it does end up being Flores instead of Peyton, no, no, no. Um, don't discount him and don't be disappointed. Like I think we we still have to remember there's got to be an agreement with the Saints. The Saints could really play hardball here and just say no, we're not letting him go. Stupid as it could be, because it could backfire on them in the long run and they get absolutely nothing. But that's their prerogative. They have the power to do it. So 
you can't discount Flores because at the end of the day, he's he's the the, the genuine candidate that we know we can get at any time. Um, and you know, I still think that Sean's the guy. But if the Saints do play stupid ball, as I, I'm going to call it, because you know, I just think you'd be absolutely crazy. A second round pick right now is better than nothing in 12 months, and you know, um, you know, and that may. Um, the second round pick may be less or more than what we're prepared to give up. I don't know, but um, you know, they're absolutely crazy if they don't. Um, and yeah, but either way, look, I'd be happy. I, I think Brian Flores is a guy who's who's shown that he can do a job. Uh, I think he's only going to have learnt more working in that background of the Steelers organization. That you know, let's let's be real. As much as we hate the Steelers for what happened all those years ago, that organization is probably the pinnacle in the NFL. Um, the coaching the coaching team that they've got there, everything that they've got set up, um, you know, how they almost made the playoffs this year with the basket case quarterback situation that they had, um, that team just is set perfectly. So the fact that he's gone in there, he's had the grounding in the, in the New England camp, coaching experience down in Miami, off to Pittsburgh. Um, he's He's got a lot there. So I, I would not be disappointed in either situation. And it's pretty cool to hear about um, Flores in Pittsburgh because, uh, from all accounts, uh, you know he's not even a, a, a defensive coordinator there. He's he's there, you know, as a uh, as a line coach, um, and uh, yeah. he is. Uh, but he's been just head down, hasn't said anything, hasn't complained or anything like that. He's just gotten in. Everyone's been really impressed, apparently, with how he's just gotten in, gotten the job done, and is um, you know really going about it with the right attitude. So. I think uh, look, I think we'd still be in very good hands if he was to be our head coach. Interestingly, looking at our friends, uh, AZ Central Sports, they've got a Twitter poll uh, which was running, um, and it runs contrary to the the bookmakers because sixty two point eight percent of the uh, the respondents in that survey that poll uh, reckon Sean Payton will be the next coach. Uh, Brian Flores, that's with sixty two percent. Then uh, Brian Flores at twenty five percent. Someone else at eight percent. And then less than someone else is Vance Joseph at 3.6%. Poor Vance. 36 is still fucking too high. Let's be frank. It's still too high. But like 36. But like anyone, like someone else could be anyone else in the world. That could be you. It could be me. Like, you know, if we're applying that logic, we are, you know, considered to be better shot at being the next coach than Vance Joseph. I just think, poor Vance. I just think that's, uh, I think that's just pretty sad for him. And, and to, tie a bow on the uh, the potential Sean Payton and uh, compensation discussion with the Saints. Um, yeah, we've got pick 35. That's our round two pick uh, in the upcoming draft. That's like, that's, that's a, that's a late first rounder. Let's be realistic about this. Like, yeah, what is uh, what three picks, uh, you know, into the second round compared with being, you know, pick 32 and in the first round. So I think it, it, as much as I want Sean Payton, we don't want to give up pick three, whether it is to draft, you know, at pick three or to trade it back and get that capital. Um, and maybe that is part of like the, some sort of, you know, I, I don't know how it would get worked into an agreement with the Saints. Like, Hey, look, we're going to trade this back and then we'll give you, you know, one of the later round first that we get from, I don't know how it would work, but as long as we don't give up pick three, I'll be happy. We mentioned Monty Ossenford, who is our new GM. Um, and I, I tell you what, actually, he that wasn't necessarily – we talked about him. He was on top of my list, but then I went and did a bit of digging about him, and um, outside of it just being great that Michael Bidwell didn't promote from within the organisation, which I think is sensible. This is the first time 
you know, I think four GMs that we haven't just promoted someone from within. Um, I think it's great. Like you said, we've gone out and gotten someone from uh, a really, really like great legacy, um, iconic, completely sound institution as is the Patriots. Also then after the Patriots, he then went to the Titans, which have had like a great turnaround of success and everything. So I think he's got a great track record and that's also not under uh, the, underestimate the uh, assistant general manager that has been brought in as well. Uh, so David Sears coming in, uh, coming in from the Bears um, and he has a great reputation around the league as well. So I think it's a great one to punch that has been brought in. What do you make of the Austin Fortin Sears hires? Um, I think that the, the, look, the first thing I'll touch on is it shows you how much Michael Bidwell wants to really clean house and makes, and this kind of goes back to the Vance Joseph thing. Look, Vance isn't getting a job. He got, he got an interview out of absolute, you know, courtesy um, because the fact that both uh, Adrian Wilson and um, Quinton Harris couldn't even get the assistant GM job says to me that Michael Bidwell wants clean house. He wants fresh everything. So, um, you know, look, look, as I mentioned, you know, uh, Ian Cunningham was obviously the first choice, knocked it back. We don't know the reasons, don't really care, to be honest, you know. Um, he was my pick. I thought he'd, he, I thought he'd get the job. He was offered the job, knocked it back. Um, but, you know, you look at, look at the resume of Monty. He's been around the league for a very, very long time. He's worked his way to this opportunity. He's been in some very, very good op- um, organisations. You know, the, the Patriots organisation, we all know the story there. I guess a lot of people overlook the Titans situation. He's been at the Titans. Now, we've got to remember, this team was the number one seed in the AFC only, what, 12 months ago or whatever it was, and a team that you know had Ryan Tannehill at quarterback. Let's let's be real. Like, If you got Ryan Tannehill at quarterback, you know that your team is strong because your quarterback's not that great. So, um, and I think I think that's the 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 thing that I, I'm excited about with the whole situation we've got with Monty Sears, the potential of, of Sean Payton, and then um, you know Flores potentially as well. We look at what Flores did in Miami with a let's be fair and a very average team. Everyone thought that they you know. They'd be lucky to win a game. That's uh, 2018, 2017, uh, 2019, I think it was. It was a year after Kyler, I think, 2019. Um, he he turned that team around at the back end of the season and, and had them firing. And then two seasons after that was, was still kicking on. The, all of these guys develop and, and bring a, a strong team from where we were last season where we were so top-heavy with certain, posi- uh, certain positions. I, th- I can see these guys really building a, a team that allows us to work from the trenches, which is something that we haven't had in this organisation for quite a long time. Um, really, really excited by Austin Fort's uh, press conference. Like I said, he was very, very nervous, but the way he spoke, the way he addressed people, uh, just to me, it, it showed the real character of the guy. Uh, I'm, I'm really, really excited to see what he can do. It's, I think, a great um, tone-setting thing for Michael Bidwell, as was, you know, bouncing Cliff Kingsbury. I think, again, we don't want to speculate, but I think if we're going, you know, flying the wall, I think Steve Kahn was bounced as well, and perhaps he was given a little bit of grace as to, okay, we'll let you kind of, you know, maybe control the narrative a little bit there. But, you know, really what this does, these two hires, and then whatever we land with coach from the sounds of the direction we're going, it really does signify that, needed change 
in you know, in the desert for us, you know, culture change. I mean, when you think about it, I mean, we're arguably the least successful, you know, sports team, you know, across the main leagues in North America. Um, <laughs> hopefully now we'll see some wins in the, uh, you know, some consistency with our wins. Um, I think with these guys and their track record and just, you know, the learning trees have sat under the, um, the organizations have been in, I think it's going to be something where we'll just be, diligently building through the draft not that there's anything wrong with the splashy moves that we've seen you know from kind with nuke and with uh, hudson and Ertz of late but i think um what we've seen consistently through that is yet yeah, we've got these you know big splashes and we still don't really fire and you almost feel like it's a, you feel bad for like i feel bad for nuke you know he's i think he came over thinking great you know this is a team that's on the up we're gonna have massive success but all of these free agent, you know, trades uh, wasn't supplemented by good drafting um, or at least good draft management. I don't want to take away from the likes of uh, Simmons and Collins, of course. But when you think of our track record across a number of years of drafting, not great. So I think that, you know, Austin Fort Sears, that's, you know, say Peyton, let's say Flores. I think those kind of people, their backgrounds, I think it's going to be really refreshing. It might be a bit of a culture shock perhaps to some in the uh, organisation, but I think it's going to be a really good thing for us and something that we've probably has been long overdue. Like I still can't believe, I couldn't believe when I first heard it, but that it's, uh, I think it's been four GMs uh, uh, that we've hired from within like the last four. You know, it's been that long since we've looked outside the organisation for fresh blood, fresh ideas, because, you know, when you're hiring from within the organisation, it's going to be the same kind of thinking. They've all been conditioned, thinking the same kind of thing, the same kind of ways. Like, yeah, you need fresh ideas. I think with what we've got coming in, I think we're finally going to have that, which will be very, very good. Mate, there's one thing that you said there for me that really stood out, and that was a culture shock. Um, We've spoken about it plenty of times in this podcast, you know, the culture of the organisation, and it's, it's not good. You know, you, we've seen that. We discussed it in the last podcast, all the drama that went down in the last, you know, just 12 months alone, let alone anything prior to that. Um, the culture shock is what we need. Uh, we need men at the top who are leaders. We need guys who are going to set, set a standard and stick to the standard and adhere to the standard themselves. And that's something that I feel like we've we've really lacked. Um, and, you know, let, and let's be fair, like, look, Michael Bidwell has been a, a, a fair part of this. He's allowed a lot of this stuff to carry on. You know, we've had the situation with Steve Kime, the drink driving situation a long time ago, um, and he allowed him to continue on. Allowing that sets the standard, and and I think that's where we, we've we've really got this right now. Monty Ossenfort seems to be a guy. He's come from a good organisation in the Patriots. He's going to set that standard, and I don't see them, you know, I don't see them moving from that and swaying from that. The key part for me from his press conference was the the, the lack of ego in the in the organisation. We don't want egos. We don't want guys who are here for themselves. If you're not here for the organisation, then we don't care who you are. And look, let's be fair. I'm not going to sugarcoat shit. I'm 90% sure that a lot of that was pointed at Kyle Murray. And let's be fair. It's probably a fair, a fair statement, you know. Um, there's plenty of talk around and, you know, we can only speculate on whether it's legit or not. We're not in the organisation. Um, that's what we're here to do. We're here to talk about it. And, you know, enough things point that way. Uh, the old adage, mate, where there's smoke, there's fire. And, um, you know, hopefully they stand up to that and they really put the foot down and give it that culture shock that we need because we need that change. 
change. And, and if, it, if we do get that change, everything else will flow and follow, I think. You mentioned Kyler Murray. Let's turn to our star QB, who is obviously sidelined at the moment. He posted on social media uh, an image on Instagram of him uh, with his surgically repaired knee, looking very forlorn. It wasn't the usual kind of, uh, you know, up and out of like, yeah, here we go. You know, let's fucking go. Let's recover. Da da da. He's sitting on a bench, looking pretty down on himself. And look, I would be too if I just had massive surgery like that. Um, what it has then thrown up is interesting discussion around. Well, uh, you know, with this new uh, you know crop of people coming in running the show, uh, Kyler likely to be out for quite a bit of next season. What are the options to uh, to fill the void at QB while Kyler Murray? rehabs now obviously there are some you know usual suspect names around obviously within the club but remember colt we're not exactly sure where he's going to be at come start of the season um sports illustrated uh just yesterday put up an article throwing out um five they're calling him outside options five outside options to fill the void at qb while kyla rehabs his torn acl i'm just going to throw the names at you back to back and then let you uh, tell me what you think jumps out, if anything, from them. So Sports Illustrated are tossing out Taylor Heineke, who is a free agent coming into next season. Uh, Jaron Hall, uh, which would be coming through the draft. He's an older prospect at 25, but, yeah, maybe a bit of maturity, dare I say, wisdom might come from that. Uh, Jacoby Brissett, who's a free agent coming into this season as well. And uh, Tyson Bagnett through the draft. Uh, he's from Division Two uh, in West Virginia, um, or ugh, and I'm going to show my hand because I just volunteered my mouth a little bit. Baker Mayfield has been tossed up by Sports Illustrated as a potential option for the Cardinals too. Um, while I just w- wash my mouth out for uh, for saying his name <laughs> linked to the Cardinals, what do you make of uh, those names that Sports Illustrated are tossing out as potential Kyler replacements for next season? Oh, fucking please don't give me fucking Baker Mayfield. Oh, shit. <laughs> no. Look, mate, honestly, Heineke, I really like Heineke. I thought he was stiff uh, at Washington this year. You know, he, he, he performed reasonably well. Um, and then when they were in a position at the back end of the season where I thought they could potentially sneak into the playoffs, they decided to go back to Carson Wentz. And I was like, what the fuck are you doing there? But anyway, that's their thoughts. Um, I don't mind him. Um, the the two rookies don't know a lot about them, so I, I, I couldn't comment. But you know what? If you get a coach in here and you can get one of those guys as a late round draft pick, who knows? He may you know and bring him in. There's never any harm in having a a decent backup. Um, and, and look, let's be honest. I, I, I'm one of these people that yeah, a, an injury like Kyler has, it takes twelve months to get over to get back to your best. Um, absolute minimum 12 months. So he did it, what, three, four weeks before the end of the season. So let's be real. He, he's probably going to miss the majority of next season, if not you know, if not all of it. Um, he may he may come back early, but he's not going to be at his best. Um, so, and this is where, I, you know, just digressing a little bit, I'd, I'd be more inclined in a Peyton situation to give up a second round, give up that early second round pick this year than give up a first round of next year because... I'm prepared to be dog shit next year and we could potentially get another top 10 draft pick. And I don't want to give up that first round draft pick that could potentially be an early pick. I'd rather give up the second rounder. That's you know, almost a first rounder this year and then subsidize that with a couple of later round picks if we need to. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm of the belief that we could be in a tough situation next year. So I don't want to do that, but back to the quarterbacks mate, of those guys you mentioned, 
uh, Heineke. And look, let's be fair, Jacoby Brissett did a, a reasonable job for Cleveland. Ah, uh, um, yeah, he's, he's a big job. body. Yeah, he's a big body too. So yeah, if if we're going to run a similar offense to what we do with Kyle, obviously he doesn't have that uh, electricity, of, you know, in terms of agility and stuff. But he can run the ball. Um, so I wouldn't be I wouldn't be opposed to either of those guys. Wouldn't be without knowing too much about those two rookies. You know, I'd I'd be open to to looking at those two guys as well. But Baker Mayfield, go fuck yourself. Here, <laughs> uh, here, when it comes to Baker Mayfield. Um, yeah, Jacoby Brissett. Um, I, I think he. I think you're understating it. Uh, he really played, you know, hero ball in Cleveland while they were waiting um, for Deshaun to come back. Like I, honestly, I honestly think yeah. he's probably not a realistic option for us because he's probably actually earned a starting opportunity elsewhere. But if we were able to snag him uh, to be that bridge, um, I think he would. You know, he would keep our offense fun certainly, and I think he would bring quite a bit of life to it. Um, and, and I think it would also then just add to that because I think you naturally get a bit of a rise. If we've got a new coach in, we've got a new GM, new key people in front of us, and then kind of a new, more genuine court. Like we, yeah, I love Colt, giddy up, cowboy Colt McCoy, but we're probably not going to be leaning on him as our starter for the entire season. I think just a bit of that energy that might come in if you've got, you know, someone who has shown that they can yep, step in, fill the void really, really well, like a Jacoby Brissett um, or a Taylor Heineke. Um, I, I think that would actually make for um, – Plus, I don't think we would be, you know, making, you know, hitting playoffs or anything next season. I think it would be still enough to fill us with some hope with everything else going on as, uh, you know, as a club. Um, Speaking of hope, um, Cardinals legend Larry Fitzgerald has a lot of hope. And this is slightly circling back to Sean Payton, but I'm going to swing it back around then again to Fitz because he was on uh, the Bickley and Marotta show on uh, Arizona Sports Radio. Uh, great listen. Uh, it's one of my regular uh, in love the them. car yeah. or just on the app. Just love listening to them. Uh, and, and the timing Could I say, though? Well. Yeah, see, I hate the timing. For me, I like the I like them in the, the, the previous slot where they were in that um, 10 till 2 slot with it now um, Wolf and Luca in. I loved them in that slot. They're a little bit too early for me now. Unless I'm on night shift, then I can get them. But that, that early slot, I get in the car for probably the last 40 minutes or probably half an hour of their show, and it's like, ah. Oh. So I'd prefer to much listen to them than uh, Wolf and Luke. As much as I love Wolf, I think he's getting a little bit I love Wolf. And start talking a little bit shit. <laughs> but I, I do just particularly love the timing because my favourite, uh, we've digressed a bit here, but my favourite uh, AZ Sports show is uh, Burns and Gambo. And the, uh, the timing uh, for that sits really nicely in my work day. So I quite enjoy uh, having that going uh, whilst work happens. But Fitz was on with Bickley and Marotta, and uh, he was saying that it was a no-brainer uh, to bring Sean Payton in, saying if you really want to build a foundation for success for a very long time, Sean Payton has done it for quite a while in New Orleans and years before then. What also has come out of some of Larry's recent uh, press uh, tours, interviews that he's done, though, is um, discussion about, well, are we ever going to get the chance to say a proper farewell to you, Fitz? And um, I'm surprised it's taken this long for the discussion to finally have because he just he, we still don't have a formal announcement that he's retired yet. Uh, but he did make some comments to the effect of, "Oh well, yeah, look if the offer ever comes to me, you know, to do something like that, yeah, no, it would be nice to do." But I'm just kind of doing my thing at the moment. Um, what did you make of that? And do you think that that is a, a sign of kind of bad faith on the Cardinals organization that they seemingly perhaps haven't actually even reached out to Fitz to say, oh, hey, we want to do something for you. We want to give you a, 
lap of honor or give you a you know big song and dance at at a home game or something like that. What did, what did you make of those comments from Fitz? Um, firstly, let me go back to the original comment in relation to um, Sean Payton. I'm worried now because Fitz only a couple of days earlier was barking on about Dan Quinn. And then two days later, Dan Quinn says, no, no, I'm not interested. I'm going back to Dallas. So I'm like, Fitz, can you just please be quiet? Not say anything because I don't need Sean Payton off the market. Um, But in relation to uh, that situation about not getting something and, you know, he'd be open to it. It's interesting you you mention it and it's interesting he says it because I actually remember him saying that he didn't want to get put in the ring of honour until he'd gone into the Hall of Fame. So I, I, I don't know. It's 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 a it's a tricky one. I, I'd I'm very I'd be very surprised, um, you know, if the Cardinals knew that he was open to something and hadn't offered it to him. Um, it may be something that you know. And look, look. Let's be fair. He's he's been pretty busy with all the the different stuff. You know, he's obviously the um, on the Super Bowl committee there in Arizona, and he's playing golf every second day. Um, but you know. He, he has been busy, but yeah, it's. I think something needs to be done. He should be in the ring of honor now, as far as I'm concerned. Um, he shouldn't have to wait, and I hope they don't wait till he gets into the uh, the Hall of Fame because you know he deserves that legacy now. Um, you know, he's without doubt the number one you know cardinal of all time, um, and yeah, he needs that. I know he doesn't want that fanfare, but I think. The fans need that fanfare to say thank you. Um, and, yeah, he, he's put Arizona on the map. You know, you only got to look at the amount of Aussies that, you know, follow Arizona. And, you know, you could go around the world. And a lot of them because of fits. And they, they hang around because of fits. So, um, you know, it, they need to do something for him. Hopefully, it's it's something soon. Um, you know, if it's, if it's not the Ring of Honor, just give him something. You know, the, there's plenty of options. I've seen statues and everything being mentioned and, who knows? But uh, yeah, he, he definitely needs something and I hope they do it soon. I think Fitz is pretty you know, smart and savvy and a really measured, um, just a great guy. I don't think he comes out and says comments like that with any malice or anything like that. I'm not saying that he was putting it out there you know, to kind of preempt any announcement, but I think that would be pretty telling that um, something's probably going to be incoming, um, that he's now feeling comfortable or that he feels like it's appropriate to kind of share his thoughts on that. Um I'm expecting that we'll see something this season. Look, maybe it might be something you know, a bit more localized, you know, around the Super Bowl. Obviously, not as part of the Super Bowl, but around the the broader Super Bowl festivities, there might be some sort of you know uh, side event or, or ceremony or something that fits there. It might be something which I think would make more sense for it to happen next season. Let's say it's the first home game, um, and because you're right, no, I think no, stuff that we, you, Maddie. Stuff you, mate. I want it at the Super Bowl because I'm going to be there in Arizona for the lead-up. So I'm greedy. Screw next season. I want it in the next couple of weeks. Lead-up to the Super Bowl. Thank you. And well, I'll report talk directly about... for Bird Gang Down Under. Well, we're going to talk about your trip uh, before we wrap up because uh, it's uh, not every day that one of the uh, the Bird Gang Down Under members heads over to, uh, to the States, especially around Super Bowl time, especially when we're hosting the Super Bowl in Glendale. But um, to tie a bow on, on Fitz, I think um, I agree with you. And, and it's something that's kind of left a bit of a sour taste in my mouth um, with this whole Fitz thing, that it has just gone like without any announcement and no opportunity for us you know, as fans to celebrate him and to kind of just have a bit of closure. Um, it really did leave a dirty taste in my mouth that it just kind of just fizzled away. It's, it almost felt like being ghosted, you know, on a dating app or something like that, <laughs> you know, that he suddenly you know, was there and then he was just gone. 
Um, it, I, I think, I don't want to sound entitled, but I, I do think as fans, I think we do deserve that opportunity. Uh, obviously, Fitz doesn't owe us anything, but I think, you know, we've um, uh, we've invested a lot emotionally into Fitz you know, as a player and, and, and the club as a whole. Um, and, you know, and we've brought the jerseys and we've come along and cheered at the games and things like that. So I think that we do deserve a bit of an opportunity to show our gratitude, you know, in that context to him. So I'm feeling like we'll see something this coming season. We'll uh, wait and see exactly what that entails. But you touched on it before. Yes, you are heading stateside and what a time to be going over there, uh, heading to Arizona, heading there when the Super Bowl is all happening. Um, What are your plans? What are you expecting uh, to happen over there? What are you looking forward to? Um, I I really don't know what to expect, to be honest. Like I um, I was just actually watching a video tonight uh, that the uh, Arizona host committee have put out with all the different events and across the different areas of of Arizona, you know, Phoenix and Glendale and Scottsdale and Mesa, just every Tempe, there's, there's events on everywhere. Um, And, you know, where I'm going over with, with family, you know, they're looking forward to it. Um, we're going to go to the the Super Bowl experience, so you pay and you can go in. They have all the different events. I think you can run a virtual forty against you know whoever you want to run against and things like that for the kids. So I'll probably pull a hamstring when I try and run against Kyler or something like that. I'm, I'll be more more inclined to go up against someone like a DJ Humphreys or you know put put me in the forty against DJ and I'll, I'll give it a go. Um, but yeah, the from what I understand, they. Um, a lot of autograph opportunities and stuff as well, which is something that I'm really looking forward to. Um, sorry, mate. I'm just, I'm, I'm, for those who don't know, I'm a big card collector as well, along with all my stuff. And I'm sitting here, we've got a, a card break going on at the moment. I've just uh, scored a Cam Thomas autograph rookie card for uh, Luminate. So they're pretty good. I don't mind a bit of Cam Thomas. So that's uh, quite nice very to see. Good. Um, but I, I digress. Yes, very happy. Um, yeah, so I'm, in terms of, of what to expect, I really don't know. Uh, I know there's going to be a lot of people, um, but yeah, we, we're going to do as much as we can. I just seen in that video that I watched tonight, they've got a, um, I think it's Fox are running uh, all week uh, on the Great Lawn outside the stadium. Um, so they're doing uh, broadcasts from there. ESPN are running broadcasts all week from Old Town Scottsdale. So that'll be good to get out there and go to a few of the restaurants and stuff, which are, you know everyone loves the restaurants and the the clubs out at Old, at Old Town Scottsdale. And the other thing, it's going to be packed because the Waste Management Phoenix Open is on at the exact same time. It's insane. Yeah. I, like, the planning is either absolutely amazing or absolutely insane. Um, but, yeah, the Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday are the four days of the Waste Management Phoenix Open. And I'm sitting there going, right, if, if it's not enough that there's you know people come from all over the world for the Super Bowl, they've got one of the biggest golf tournaments in America on the same time. So... There's going to be people there. I've reached out to a few guys. I've reached out to uh, Mr. Clancy from uh, the old Locked On podcast that uh, some of our listeners would have touched base with uh, or heard us talk to last season. Um, I've reached out to Johnny Venerable, who's uh, on the um, PHNX podcast. So I'm, I'm hoping to catch up with those guys. And also my man, Cam Cox, I was on the phone to him the other day when he was stalking in the bushes. I actually was <laughs> talking to him while he was stalking in the bushes. So that was quite entertaining. Um, so I'm hoping to catch up with Cam as well. And then, you know, hopefully jag a few uh, 
a few autographs and a few photos with, you know, not only Cardinals players, but, you know, players from all over the NFL because, you know, it's not often that, you know, anyone gets to get that close to some of the guys, but, you know, for us guys in Australia who, you know, we're going to travel the other side of the world, it's um, it's a big thing. So, yeah, my young bloke's looking forward to it as well. He's, uh, oh, and I've just hit another one, a Kyler patch card. Luminance is paying off tonight. I'm loving it. So, um, yeah, it's it's going to be fun. I'm... I'm it's an expensive exercise, mate. Christ. Some of the uh, accommodation prices are through the roof, as you can imagine. But um, yeah, it, it's it's something that's exciting. I'm oh, still be over playing. there. It would be better if we were playing, of course. But to be over there uh, for the Super Bowl, um, yeah, it seems to be probably maybe it's every ten years or so we probably do it. So it's um, uh, as in terms of Arizona hosting the Super Bowl. So uh, I think worth every penny. To do that, hopefully you, you're able to while we're catching up with our uh, our stateside friends like uh, Alex and uh, Cam, of course, that we might be able to uh, lure you guys in for a uh, even a quick mini pod. It just would be remiss to not take advantage of having you on the ground there for a uh, for a chat from the uh, the dimly lit living room of Cam Cox that we've seen him on our uh, live <laughs> shows before or things like that. But we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. The last question I will ask you though, relating to the trip. Um, what are you doing for the Super Bowl? Where will you be watching the Super Bowl from over there? Uh, I will be on board the Norwegian Encore, sailing out of Miami uh, down to, to a few places, the Dominican Republic, uh, British Virgin Islands, US Virgin Islands. So we've got a, a week's trip on the uh, the Norwegian Encore. We, we sail out of Miami, the port of Miami, on Super Bowl Sunday. Uh, that was one thing that I did sort out before I booked and made sure that um, they were showing the Super Bowl on the big screen, and they did confirm that yeah, they have one hell of a party apparently. So, because uh, usually on these cruises, the sail away, it's all about music and dancing and stuff as as you're leaving the harbour. But this year, it's uh, well, this cruise in particular, it, it's Super Bowl cruise, and everyone gets all dressed up, and it's uh, yeah, apparently it's going to be big. So I'm looking forward to it. It'll be uh, it'll be quite exciting. I'll be ready. In my uh, Cardinals jersey, I'm not too sure which one yet. Um, it's either going to have to be a Fitz or a uh, the Pat Tillman, I think. Yeah, you can't go past either of those two. Well, it's certainly one way to spend the Super Bowl. I've got a much more low-key uh, plans. I'm hosting with my American football friends from the club that I uh, have played with down here at the, uh, the Beer Garden, as it's been dubbed, out in my backyard. And we've got a, uh, got a swim spa, which is getting hooked up this week, which will be all kitted up and ready to go by the time they come around so i won't be quite on the open seas like you but there'll be some water and definitely a lot of uh booze and football involved so um make sure if you uh want to join in the conversation of course but see what Goffy's up to while he's gone and, and keep tabs on what's happening with the coaching search for the cardinals to like us on facebook bird gang down under and if you're from australia or new zealand you can then jump into our very active group chat uh all the people that you hear on this show uh from the aussie side of things uh group chat members so there's a great crew of people there to join uh, the conversation with so make sure to like us on facebook uh, find us on Twitter as well. We're there too. Uh, but then if you're Aussie and New Zealand, make it be known and we'll get you in the group chat. You can join in all the fun and, and hear about Goffy's adventures as he gallivants around the uh, around the Caribbean Sea. <laughs> Mate, it's going to be fun, let me tell you. And I just had a look. So we've got 69 members in our group chat. 
uh, Aussie members in our uh, Facebook group chat. So it, it's it's pretty good. We've got more that are on the Facebook page, but yeah, we've got 69 members. How good's that? Hey, eh? what a number! It's it. I'm, I'm biting my tongue, as you can see on our video <laughs> uh, link up here as we're chatting. Uh, it's a family friendly show, Guffy. We'll keep this. We'll keep our humour out of the gutter <clears throat> for the show. Well, that just about wraps things up for us here uh, on the Bird Gang Dan Under podcast. Next time, uh, we'll we'll do another show, Joffy. We'll probably be a little bit occupied, but uh, we'll try round up a few of us from the group chat in there to chat with you. And hopefully, it will be talking about a new coach, hopefully Sean Payton, for the Arizona Cardinals. We might even do an emergency pod if that announcement comes in the next few days. But, uh, Goffy, any final thoughts from you before we sign off for this pod? No, mate, no final thoughts. Just uh, hopefully the Peyton news comes through very soon. Um, and then, like you mentioned, the Flores DC news comes as well. But before we do shut up shop, uh, obviously the uh, conference championship games on tomorrow. Predictions for you? Um, look, I'm still... I'm, I, I've, I've always been uh, on the Chiefs side of things. Uh, I'm actually vibing... It, it, this is sacrilegious to say so, but it's um, purely based on the connection that uh, we have with the quarterback. I'm kind of vibing on San Francisco purely because of Brock Purdy. Um, but um, it, it, look, aside from the uh, the Kansas City side, it's, it's hard to pick. But if if, I, if you hold a gun to my head, I'd be going uh, Niners and Chiefs. What about you? And then before you, before I go, uh, Niners Chiefs Super Bowl. Who are you going? Are you going the fairy tale that. for Brock Purdy or? Uh, yeah. it, no, it, I've been on the Chiefs the whole way. I mean, they're just so dominant and just so so well oiled as a machine. Uh, I would love the fairy tale for for Brock. I think that would be great. God, imagine the uh, you know the NFL films uh, you know documentary that would come from that. But um, oh, it, it, it's hard to it's hard to not uh, to not back the Chiefs in in that scenario. Where are you sitting? Uh, mate, I'm I'm solely in the 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 Bengals camp. Um, I think they'll win tomorrow quite well. Um, I'm, I'm thinking seven to ten points for the Bengals tomorrow. I just I can't trust a, a banged up uh, Patty Mahomes, and you know there's reports today that uh, Kelsey's not well either. So um, I, I think the Bengals they've got their number on them when they're you know when Patty Mahomes is fit. So I just I can't see the Bengals losing that game to be honest. And I've flipped in the other game. I was I was with the 49ers all the way. Um, and the last few days, I've just been watching a little bit more of these the uh, the Eagles. And I'm a little bit worried for Brock Purdy. I, honestly, I just think he's going to have to go with this Eagles team offensively. And I just wonder if he can. It's a big test for him. He hasn't traveled east um, all season. He hasn't played a game east. He's going to Philly. Hostile environment. Potentially going to be cold potentially snow. Um, I just don't know if they can get it done despite that good defense. I just think, you know, he's going to need to score points, a lot more points than what he has. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm on the Eagles Super Bowl. Oh, I don't know. I, I, my my heart says Bengals. I'd love to see the Bengals win it. I, I think, you know, they, they were unlucky last year, but I, I think the Eagles, I just, I think that team is so well-rounded. And it, look, I look at them and I think I would love us to be like them. They've got the running quarterback. Yes, he's a bit bigger and whatnot, but I, I just I would love, love us to be like that team. They, they, you know, 
they are just so good to watch, and I think they'll be very, very hard to beat in the Super Bowl. I will be cheering the Bengals, but I just have this feeling the Eagles could get it done. Well, we couldn't be any more opposite in our predictions all the way through. <laughs> so that will be something to watch in the group chat. That's for four. That's for sure, rather. We'll uh, we'll leave the show on a funny note related to the Bengals, which it, which pops into my head as you mentioned uh, them. Uh, just yesterday, Cincinnati Mayor uh, Aftab approval uh, made an official proclamation for Joe Burrow to take a paternity test to see if he is Patrick Mahomes' daddy. So... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what about the other one? How's the uh, the Philly situation where the mayor and the police have um, oiled or they've greased up all the light poles and street lights in Philly in preparation for them winning so that the fans can't climb the street lights and, and uh, traffic lights? How insane. Like, I mean, we've seen what uh, happened last time. There. They just went absolutely postal. So, yeah, we know they're mental fans, but, yeah, geez, it'll be interesting to see how that, how that pans out tomorrow. It's just next level in the States. I absolutely love it. Well, on behalf of Goffy, this is uh, Maddie. Thanks for tuning in to the Bird Gang Down Under podcast. Follow us on Facebook. Join us in the group chat. Uh, all the best for your trip, Goffy. And uh, Bird Cheers, Gang mate. out. Thanks for listening. Till next time. Bird Gang out. out.